Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of Romance and Color where we celebrate real inclusive love. I am one half of the duo here at Romance and Color, your host Tati Richardson and welcome you all to the month of February where we celebrate black history, where we celebrate love, we celebrate culture, we celebrate pride and a combination of all that we celebrate black romance, black love. Um, and so this month we are going to have several authors on celebrating culture, pride, and love. Uh, but first um, on the episode this week, we have the one and only Christina Soul. Uh, she's going to talk about her wonderful uh, indie series of books. Um, and we're going to talk about her process from romance reader and the 10-year process to get her from romance reader to romance writer and how mentorship and writer friends and and everyone helped her along the way so you all sit back relax and enjoy this episode of romance and color with christina so Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Romance and Color. I am here with author Christina Soul, and we are going to talk about her award-winning romance and what makes her tick as far as being a romance writer is concerned. Um, before I get y'all into that, let me introduce Christina. Christina, how are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. So tell the audience a little bit about yourself, your background, where you're from. Well, I am living in uh, Spokane, Washington, which is the opposite side of Seattle. Um, I grew up where I grew up in Georgia and then moved out here, which is a completely different country, it seems like. <laughs> um, but then I moved to Seattle, gosh, in 1995 and stayed out there for quite a long time. Um, and then I started writing in 2000, no, yeah, 2005, mm. and just published my first debut series uh, last year. Awesome, awesome. What part of Georgia are you from originally? I grew up in Augusta. Augusta, okay, not too far from, from where I am. I, I'm in Atlanta, but I do have family out toward that way. Oh, so yeah, yeah, awesome, awesome, Augusta, awesome place. So I asked everybody the same question. Uh, the first question is always, when did you fall in love with romance? And do you remember the very first romance book that you ever read? You know, so I've been reading romance, gosh, probably, probably like 11 or 12 or something like that. And I started, you know how like in, in school, we had the scholastic book fairs. Mm -hmm. and like back then they had like these little teen, like romance kind of things. And so I would read those and I got into this and then somewhere like maybe sixth, seventh grade, I found a copy of like Danielle Steele's like family album or something like that. It was this huge book that was just like really emotional and not appropriate really for <laughs> my age because I mean, it was, it was racy, it was crazy. And I had no idea really what any of it meant. But from there, like I was kind of hooked, right? And then I found like Nora Roberts and like just from there it just went on. And I, I mean, I read some other stuff but I, I tend to not read things that don't have like a happily ever after. I'm not a big fan of like getting invested in a story and then they all die in the end. That's not really my idea of a good time. So yeah, so I've been a yeah, romance reader for as long as I can remember. 
Awesome. And so what made you kind of make that transition from being this romance fan to a romance writer? You know, I think I was always that reader who was like, you know, I'd read the book and I'd be like, oh, you know, well, what if this character did this? Or what if that character did that instead? And so I think I just wanted to, I always had the idea of writing the book I wanted to read, right? And then um, in 2005, a friend of mine was like, hey, there's this thing called NaNoWriMo. We should try to like write a novel in November and see if we can do it. And so we did, like our little group of friends did. And I hit, it was like 50,000 words, right? It's like to win. And I think I got to 50 and I wrapped it up within like 300 words after that. I mean, it wasn't the best book in the whole world, but I, it proved that I could actually do it. And from there, I was like, oh, well, maybe I should actually like look into this and, and mm-hmm. see where I could go from here. Cause you know, I kind of fell in love with it. And mm-hmm. so, um, so around that time I went to a, like a book signing with Nora Roberts. And mm-hmm. some of the audience had asked um, if she had any like advice for you know new authors, what they should do. And she said, um, you know, if you're writing romance, you need to join your local RWA. And so I looked around and I did, and I was like, oh, there's a whole group of people doing what I want to do. This is like the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. So how did joining RWA kind of shift your perspective of like, oh, what did you learn from like joining RWA basically? So no, I joined, so I'm a complete introvert, right? And so I go there and I meet all these people who talk books, which is so crazy to me. And then I had just finished this NaNoWriMo book. So I'm thinking I'm pretty cool. And so I, mm-hmm. I just little critique group, right? And I just remember this woman, she was like, just so you know, you changed POVs three times on this page. And I looked at her and I was like, I don't know what POV means. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I've learned a lot about craft. How about that? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like you were, you were totally green, like didn't know the terminology, didn't know about like the tropes and all that stuff. I knew what I like to read as a reader, Mm -hmm. but actually, you know, it's like everyone, everyone thinks romance is easy to write because if you read Mm -hmm. it, you write it. But yeah, I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) I couldn't use a comma to save my life. (laughs) Just ridiculous. I, I made myself like get you know, involved and I, I volunteered for the board and like the conference that that chapter has and stuff. And so I was able to make some really good writer friends mm-hmm. and, you know, writer friends who are just, you know, just friends at this point, you know, mm-hmm. so, I mean, that I think is invaluable after all this time, especially. So were, were, were did you ever like have a mentor in, in this, this kind of process to get you from uh you know I don't know any terminology to you know I'm so well versed or did you just kind of just like throw yourself into it wholeheartedly and just just absorbed everything that you could I did I kind of just threw myself in there um mm-hmm. when I joined the board I was able to get to know people a little bit better and there were so many people who were so far like they were traditionally published they were like New York Times. I mean they were fancy fancy people <laughs> and, like learn and the, and, you know, like everyone that I met, they were just also generous with their time, too. You know, they didn't make you feel stupid for not knowing what a P.O. Yeah, was. yeah, so that yeah. Was really- 
Yeah, yeah. So you say so you joined around 2005, but you just published your first book um, last year. Last year. So what were you doing in between that time? You know, oh, just honing your craft or, or kind of well, query? Um, you know, obviously learning POV and learning all that good stuff. Mm. Um, but I was doing the submission, you know, you go to the conferences, you pitch, you submit, you get rejected like the unending cycle of that. And I never really looked at indie publishing um, at all, really, mm-hmm. until COVID, truly. Um, mm-hmm. It's COVID, I read a lot and I got a Kindle Unlimited subscription and I just blew through all these amazing indie authors, right? Mm-hmm. And then I saw an interview um, with a couple indie authors and I was just like, wow, like I, I can do that, you know? Like I've been wanting to do like the agent editor kind of thing for a while, mm-hmm. um, but I was also coming up to a certain birthday and I was like, I want a book before my birthday, right? Right, like, right. This is a dream and I don't necessarily need to wait for an agent to make that dream happen, especially mm-hmm. the way publishing is now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so then I just, I took 2021 and learned about the business and I took some classes on actually how to publish books and all that good stuff, and then jumped into it full steam ahead last year. And I yeah. published my first book in June. Uh, the second one came out in September, and the third one comes out tomorrow. Boy, yes, yes, yes! So excited. I um, think I I think I came became aware of your books through uh, Carla. Shout out to Carla is reading on TikTok. Um, and I think she shouted out your first book. She really, really loved it. Um, so what what was kind of the idea behind book one of this Spotted Dog series uh, that you created about this Irish pub and these guys um, yeah. in this Irish pub? <laughs> well, so, no, I mean, Irish pub is always fun. And of course, they're like millionaires, right? To make it a little easier for everybody. Of course. Um, of course. course. <laughs> Great, right? <laughs> And so actually the, the inspiration for that, I mean, it's a grittier, darker romance with like mm-hmm. tragic backstory, that kind of thing. Um, but I had an idea of writing like a duet, truly, um, of two girls who grew up in foster care where one had a horrible, horrible, horrible experience and the other had a horrible, but better experience. Mm-hmm. You know, the people, and I am finding like, the people that could challenge them in a relationship kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the idea of the pub because it's kind of like a family. Like the restaurant yeah. groups are always like one giant dysfunctional family. Mm-hmm. And to have like these girls like immerse themselves in it, would I thought would be really interesting. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how it started. Um, and then from there, I was like, well, you know, you can't really... Like, I'd like to do a trilogy instead of a duet. And so I was like, well, we'll have just another owner. We'll add one in there. <laughs> and so I kind of went from that. I'm not a plotter, obviously, right? <laughs> okay. I was going to ask, how did you like, how did you uh, do this? Do this? So you already answered my question. So you weren't plotting. You not weren't plotting. You were definitely pantsing. Okay. Well, what's funny is that, um, so the first two books were written by the time I decided to self-publish them. Uh-huh. And so... One was almost ready to go. Um, book two was going through uh, formal edits, and I was writing book three. And in book mm-hmm. three, I was like, "Oh, well, I want, I want this person's sister to be Filipino." 
So I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I'll edit it really fast, you know? So I went back in and like made sure everything got in there to lead up to book three. I was like, oh mm-hmm. my God. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, I just want to know, because book one, you had in, in, in the redemption, you have a stripper turned bartender girl. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, my Look, I, 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 I gotta stop. You know. <laughs> Listen, I'm from Atlanta, so I have a soft spot for strippers. But you know, it, it's just you know, I, I'm always intrigued when people write strippers. So what? What well, you made know, you come up with these characters? Well, okay, I was super intrigued by this because when I was in my early 20s. We had a friend, a guy friend, who was dating a stripper. And he got so much flack because everyone was like, dude, you don't date the stripper. You don't date them. And I was just like, well, I'm sure she's a nice girl. Why is everything so Right, nice? right, right. There's some people too, right? Mm-hmm. So that's like, I have a, a super soft spot for the heroine who's got like a really crappy past. Mm-hmm. You know, that she's been judged for, you know, X, Y, and Z. That <laughs> is like my favorite kind of like it's like a redemption story, right? It's like my right. favorite kind of story to tell. Right, right, right. And you said the heroines are Filipino. So how, how I'm sorry, what was that? In the third book, she is. In the third book, she is. Okay, well, I'll come back to that. But I wanted to know how you incorporate your own kind of culture and identity in these stories that you write. Well, you know, it's it's interesting um, because I've been writing, you know, since 2005 and been reading forever. Mm-hmm. I don't like, I've never ever come, and maybe it's just me not looking in the right spots, but I've never come across a heroine that's Filipino. Mm. Like, ever. You know, mm. and so growing up, you would get, you know, like, like a Japanese heroine or a Chinese heroine. And I'm like, well, mm. that's Asian. It's close enough, I suppose, mm, mm-hmm. you know, but I also know that, like, I don't know, I feel like I need to ease people into it kind of thing. Mm. Uh, so like we introduced Carmen, the, the heroine in the third book, she's briefly mentioned in the first, and then um, she's mentioned in the second book of it. And then her story is the third. Mm. I had written it already before book three and Parker, her brother, is a white guy. I was like, oh no, how am I going to figure this out? Um, so, <laughs> oh, she's adopted. It's totally cool. For <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna make some adoption. Yeah, just throw some adoption in there. That's fine. Exactly. <laughs> totally good. We're totally good. <laughs> but I didn't want the third book to be like beat you over the head with the Filipino stuff. Right, you know, right. I just want a character who is. Right. Um, who's like, we don't need to talk about like all like food or whatnot, but it's like she just is. It's just mm-hmm. what she is, and that's period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because for you, I think you know, and I and I and, and and admittedly, I've been super busy. I've been able to read a lot, but I did read most of book one. For you, it seems like the the heart of the story is the plot. Is plot driven? Is you know, like you said, the heat and the suspense in the story, that's what you want to get to. And although the character and characterization is important, um, for me, I feel like you had a real story to tell with the plot, you know, and like you put a lot of, a lot of soul into the plot. Yeah. Because I want everyone to feel like they can kind of relate to these characters, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have this series. We have book one is is redemption. We, we book two is reclaiming, and then book three comes out tomorrow, which is returning. Um, tell us about the 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 book two, and we talked a little bit about book one, but tell us about book two and three. What so they're book, talking about. Book two is a friends to lovers, uh, tragic past story. Um, it's about one of the owners, Parker, and um, the heroines from the first book, her best friend, Kate. And mm -hmm. Kate also grew up in foster care, had a horrible, horrible childhood before getting to foster care. And then when she got there, was adopted by wonderful people, mm -hmm. you know, fostered by amazing people. Because um, mm -hmm. I also feel like I used to work in social work, and I know that mm -hmm. there are amazing foster parents out there. And there are some obviously not amazing you know, but I feel like a lot of foster people get a bad rap, mm -hmm. especially in, in fiction, you know, yeah. so like, sure we showed like, there are some really amazing foster families out there. Mm -hmm. um, that's their story. And, uh, you know, something tr from her past comes back and starts um, threatening everything and the mystery and the suspense. And then the, like with her, it's like, he has a really horrible divorce under his belt kind of thing mm. and then her she's kind of doing the do I deserve love you know and this is one of my really good friends are we really going to blow up our friendship yeah right um and so that's that and then that third book is the third owner Jake and Carmen and so Carmen is the sister of the hero in book two um and this one is a fake relationship two workaholics you know who are kind of sort of periphery friends and not super good friends um but they do the fake relationship basically to get everybody off their back um and then they kind of they kind of catch feelings mm -hmm. and that's like, that stuff happens right yes yes as we do in these books yes. <laughs> as it does and then with her she's you know they've both got like tremendous amounts of emotional baggage she's got three divorces under her belt She's 40, and so everyone's like, when are you going to get married, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and he's got all this excess baggage, too. So together, they will try to figure out a way to, to come through while the world around them explodes in crazy violence. I love I love writing um, older characters. What is it about older characters you think you can explore more than with, like, maybe a younger protagonist or, or MC? I think it's because I'm in my 40s. Yeah, <laughs> same, I same. <laughs> oh my gosh, you met 20-something year olds. You're like, really? <laughs> like, was I like that? <laughs> oh, I, well, I hope not, right? But you know you were. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. I just have a hard time. I have a hard time writing heroes that are in their 20s. Mm. Like, I'm like, you are still, I mean, granted, you know, there's not a lot more maturity that happens mm -hmm. and stuff, but I just have a hard time writing like really young heroes and heroines because right. I just, you know, when you're 20, you're just so caught up in what other people expect. Yeah. You don't really think you get your stride and gosh, maybe you're 40, maybe mm -hmm. who knows. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Because I mean, also, there's a whole thing of like, 
oh, I'm in my 40s and I'm here trying to write people in my 20s. I don't know the lingo. I don't know the. Oh my gosh. I don't know the what they're saying. I don't know the apps they're using. Like I'm, oh. I barely, I barely know the ones I know. Like how am I gonna, you know, incorporate that? You know, they're like nobody uses those anymore. Yes, yes. Like um, nobody uses Kick. What are you talking about? Or whatever it is. Um, I, I look. I don't even know what I don't even know what Kick is to be honest. I just heard of it. Um, yeah, I've never so, heard. Of it. Yeah, so you know trying to write these these characters you know that you really can't relate to versus somebody in their 40s that's actually lived through something Absolutely. and something that you can relate to yeah yeah well even like like fashion right like thing mm. describing fashion for a 20 something year old i oh my gosh i'm like oh they do belly shirts again what okay. <laughs> And see, if you write somebody in their 40s, like, I'm going to throw on my sweats and my mom oh. jeans. It's like, it's cool. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. It's like, and I'm still sexy, but I got on my sweats. That's I right. My mom jeans, you know. <laughs> so what is it about, like, because these are more like romantic suspense kind of books. What is it about that genre that, like, you were really drawn to? You know, I, there is just something about the action and like, mm-hmm. I tried really, really hard to write a rom-com, mm-hmm. really hard. Like I would love to be a rom-com writer. <laughs> like I'm just like, well, we need to blow something up. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, no, you can't torture your, your characters like that. I'm like, ah. Oh. Mm-hmm. So I just find absolutely, I just find it fascinating. Like the suspense aspect of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I, I always like a lot of people call it romantic suspense, but I'm like, you know, it's not super procedural because mm-hmm. to me, romantic suspense is like cops and army guys and, you know, and I would love to write that as well. Um, but I haven't honestly taken the time to learn about all the lingo because mm-hmm. there's a whole lingo I know nothing about. <laughs> yeah, true, true. At all. true. True, but I still, I still think. I mean, I don't necessarily think suspense has to do with like the procedural aspect, more so the the beats and the feeling in the story. You know what I mean? Like, if if there's gonna be some sort of secret, some sort of uncovering, some sort of like you know intrigue, then I think I think it still counts as suspense. But what do I know? I only have one book out, so what what the heck? I only have one book and it's not even out yet so oh it's coming what do I, what do so I you know? have that really fun like the fun cover right yeah so like, yeah love to do like illustrated but I'm like you can't do that when you're blowing stuff up no see you have to have like an end girl these covers <laughs> these hot hunky men on your covers girl like oh my gosh I know, that right? first book I was like oh like he is hot like where did she find these? What did I was discover? When I was going through all the pictures on like my computer, I have like two screens on my computer, right? Uh, going through like these all these pictures of these half naked men. And <laughs> I have teenage kids, like twelve and thirteen, kind of thing. And they walk by my office and they're just like, uh, "Mom, they're what? like, what is this?" <laughs> it's like, oh no, <laughs> like it's research, honey. Exactly, it's absolutely. Research. It's research exactly but you got you got to put a hot dude on the cover like a, a romantic suspense it, it just yeah, have, you have to that's right it's not gonna work it's not gonna work with an illustrated cover at all I know. Okay. 
No way. No way. No way. I wouldn't be interested in buying it then. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just wouldn't. Mm-mm. So what's what's the process? I know you just mentioned you have teens. Um, what's the process for writing for you? Um, are you writing full time? Are you like, what is a what is the schedule in the day of Christina Soul look like for writing? Uh, not full time. I wish I could write full time. Mm-hmm. Um, no, so I, it depends on where I'm at, if I'm actually writing or if I'm editing or what stage I'm at. So right now I'm like gearing up for the book release and editing the first book for the mm-hmm. next. Right? Mm-hmm. And so right now it's been like, I, I try to write a little bit a day, like maybe an hour kind of thing. Um, but you know, the family, and I have a, um, I, so my day job is I have a bookkeeping company where I'm like the accounting department for other small businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like January is always the most horrible month, right? Of because course. Taxes mm-hmm. and stuff. And mm-hmm. for some strange reason, I was like, let's release a book in January. <laughs> and so, yeah, <laughs> right now there's no process of writing at all. Mm. In an ideal world, I would like write one, two hours a day at mm-hmm. night after mm-hmm. everyone goes to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now that's just not happening. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what do you do like when, when you are writing and you get like a block or you're like stuck in the weeds and you don't know where to go with a certain character or a certain plot point? How do you kind of, you know, unfurl yourself and and get back to 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 the writing. Oh, I absolutely. I phone a friend. You know, um, me and my writing girls. We have a text chain, mm-hmm. and it is the, you know, what do I do? Like, oh my god, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, the writing friends. Like, if you, I don't know what I would do without them. Mm-hmm. I mean, down to things like you know, I need another word for thrust. You know. <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> I mean there are not enough words for thrush y'all <laughs> like, for us, not like you know crazy for us sweet yes 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 <laughs> you know you know that book what is it um naughty words for nice writers like I had to buy it yeah, what is this magical book it's like not it's called naughty I'm looking at it now naughty words for nice writers it's like a thesaurus for like sexual stuff right so they have a whole section I just thought about a whole section on thrust and and, and movement and movement so you know when you get stuck literally and you don't know where to go and you're like what's another word I can use I've used thrust 400 times I'm literally gonna buy that when we we stop this I'm gonna go to Amazon and somebody recommended that book to me because I was like, I kept I kept using some word and they were like, can you use something else? I was like, I don't know what to use. I was like, get this book. Maybe it'll help. So I was like, okay, awesome. So I just thought about that. It's so funny. It's so funny. But yeah, pick it up. It's very helpful. <laughs> yeah. No, it's that because you get stuck on a word and you're like, well, I'm just putting, I'll put it in here and maybe eventually I'll think of another one. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You're just like, oh, well, I guess this will work. <laughs> I guess this will work. I don't know. <laughs> so um, what have you learned from publishing your first book independently? Like, 
what were some of the challenges? What were some of the things you're like, okay, I'm not going to do that again. Or, you know, I will do this, but maybe a little differently. You know, I don't think I realized how much um, like back-end work there was. Mm. Like, like you see like the successful indie authors, right? And they just make it look easy. But mm-hmm. like between the actual like publishing, it's the like how much marketing, how about that? How much marketing goes into like indie authors, just in authors in general, mm-hmm. you know, social media, and all that and like I actually had to sit my daughter down and I was like so this TikTok thing what what how do we get the little words on TikTok? <laughs> I mean it was awful yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah the marketing has been a huge learning like, continuing to learn kind of thing mm-hmm. um but you know I I wouldn't do it any differently you know Mm-hmm. I mean, I did farm out some stuff that I knew I had no clue how to do, like arc readers and that kind of stuff. I was like, I know that's just a no. Mm-hmm. And they'll reach out to like bloggers and stuff. I'm like, nope, not going to happen. I will hire somebody <laughs> to do that for me. Right, right. But yeah, I mean, there's so many resources out there too. So super helpful. Yeah, yeah. And I know you you talked about your your group chat of like writer friends and stuff. What's some of the best advice that you've gotten out of that group chat of writer friends? Oh, you know, honestly, it was the do it. Mm. Because, you know, I was, well, I've been writing since 2005, right? Granted, Mm. not very well at the beginning, but I've been writing for a long time. And the submission process, it's very disheartening. Yes. Constant rejection kind of thing, right? Especially Mm -hmm. now that you don't have to mail it in physically. It's all email. So they can reject you faster. (laughs) but you know they were like you're you're never going to be ready you Mm -hmm. know you're as prepared as you can try to be you're never Mm going to be ready you just have to do it and I was like okay all right yeah yeah Yeah. I mean for you to take so like from 2005 to to last year like it was really for you it was really really about honing your craft and I think there's a lesson in that I I hope that people are listening and hear that it doesn't matter when you publish the book it doesn't matter when it happens whenever it happens is the right time it's going to happen you know and when you yeah and when you have the book and when you know it's right it's right and and that time is going to happen and for Christina it was last year for me it was you know, this year for somebody else might be next year or 10 years down the road. But, you know, your timing is your timing. You know, all the things will align for you to make it happen and to make, you know, your publishing dreams, however they are, indie, traditional, whatever, come true, it's going to happen. Um, And I think in your case, Christina, like, that that period from 2005 now you were studying you were honing your craft you Absolutely. were like you were researching you were doing that and I think people don't realize particularly romance is craft driven <laughs> it's yeah. not it's not just I'm gonna pick up a pen and write something down and it's a romance two people fall in love boom boom there are <laughs> mechanics there are tropes there are things that you have to learn and for you to take that time to really study it it shows in the final product that you produced which was your first book which was had everything in there plus some suspense plus some heat 
plus some intrigue that means you really 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 studied the craft so you know you know that one thing that's really (laughs) important is also like like while you're waiting to hear from you know the agents and the editors or Mm -hmm. when you're waiting to Mm -hmm. self-publish but you still need to write Mm -hmm. the more you write the better it is Mm -hmm. I feel like my third book in this in this series is like the strongest of the three mm-hmm. just because I've just learned so much even from when I wrote the first book back in 2005 you know what I mean right so right. it's like gotta keep because I think a lot of people they get stuck on submitting mm-hmm. and once I get one done and then they just stop writing right like, you can keep on writing and I'll keep the and yeah I mean I don't know about you but when I find when I actually write every day I'm so much better like as opposed to now where I'm not writing every day. And when you get back mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. do I know what I'm doing anymore? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you find you, you find you can easily get back in the groove of things and when you write, even if it's like 10 minutes a day or 15 minutes a day. For me, sometimes that's all I have. Um, yeah. you know, I feel good about it because I feel like I put something down. Yeah. <laughs> really? It's gonna it might get edited out later, but you know. Like 100 words is 100 words, right? Yes, yes. It does. It, you know, writing a book, it doesn't take how long you, it takes to write a book. You just write the book, you know? Exactly. 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 So this third book comes out tomorrow. And then um, you have a new series that's going to be coming out in the summer. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about that? It's the Hudson Island series. The Hudson Island. And I introduced it a little bit um, starting in, I dropped a little hint in the first book and then a little more in the second and then more in the third. Um, so the Hudson Island series, it's kind of a spinoff. It is just a fictitious island out in Washington State on the Washington coast. Um, it's one of those things where I was going to put it on a real island, but I'm like, whoa, that's, that's, you can mess that up a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> island, plop it down in the Pacific. And yeah. so be small town um small town contemporary with suspense that kind of thing um some steam the first book is actually going to be a a very revised version of the very 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 first book I wrote oh wow Um, that one to be like a like a sleeping with the enemy on steroids kind of vibe oh I love it oh girl I love it and then um I think there's only like four books in this series. And then I've got two characters from the Spotted Dog series, two secondary characters um, that are going to make their way over to Hudson Island. Okay. They'll get their stories, their happy ever afters. Okay. Okay. Plus some suspense and blowing up stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> blowing up stuff. Oh, man. I love a book. If there's some stalkers in, it's going to be great. Oh man, I used to say a little sleeping with the enemy. I was like, look, that was my movie. Look, I love that movie. I was like, oh, you got me. Mm, you got me. I, I, I'm so sleeping with the enemy. Oh yeah. Yeah, I am there. But bigger, bigger. Very there. Mm-hmm. So, okay, we're wrapping up our, our podcast. But before we go, I'm going to ask you a series of like rapid fire questions, like sort of like in the actor's studio. Um, so we're gonna ask you a bunch of questions about writing and just random other things. 
So let me know when you're ready. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. Um, your favorite book as a kid? Oh, gosh. Um, I was a big Babysitter's Club fan. Same. Big. Same. Same. Loved. Loved them. Mm-hmm. And I, I, was like, I wish I could be a babysitter and like have the people take me on a cruise with them too, but okay. Right. I remember, that was that was so oh, ridiculous. Yeah. What parent is gonna let their child go on a cruise with some strangers? Oh my exactly. god. Anyway, <laughs> that and the ridiculousness of Sweet Valley High, all that drama. Oh my god. Like, my god. For two 17 year olds, they have this much drama. I'm like, you and as I get older, I'm like, where are your parents? Oh <laughs> where are your parents? Yes. <laughs> um, do you like writing love scenes or dramatic arguments? I like to write the blow up stuff <laughs> with some like lovey dovey in there too. But like my favorite is like the action, the mm. action torment my character. Mm. Mm. I don't know what that says about me, but that's okay. <laughs> yes, I, I, that's good. <laughs> so, so, what are the hardest scenes for you to write in, in books? Uh, the sex scenes. Go, oh, well. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of a prude. <laughs> I'm just like, where does the foot go and where does what? I don't know. Steve was good in, in, in the book. I, I thought it was good. Oh, I, don't know. I was just like, well, knowing, yeah, I know. <laughs> See, that's why you need that book. So you know other words for thrust. It's other than thrust, because right now that's all I've got. <laughs> um, your favorite place to write? Um, just my desk. Yeah. I get distracted easily. And I can't do like, you know how the people go to like a coffee shop or somewhere in public I get so distracted yeah I can't do that either I tried I can't do that either um reviews do you read them or don't read them I do read them <gasps> oh no <laughs> never but I do read them and you know goodreads mm -hmm. it's tough they are tough out there I don't go on there <laughs> I told I myself but you know the early ones are coming in and they're like the nice people <laughs> yeah 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 but I know as soon as like the book is there for at least a few weeks oh no yeah yeah I'm not ready for that I'm, I'm good I'm good I say I say I'm not gonna but I always do I'm like a I don't know <laughs> okay what is the last romance book that you read oh or the last book in general that you read so I read a lot, right? Um, and so as I had mentioned earlier, January is like super stress month for me. And mm -hmm. so my comfort reads are a protector series, right? Like the the alpha, like super alpha ones. And so I just mm -hmm. finished up um, Susan Stoker's uh, Hawaii SEAL Team, like the Ooh. first books in that one. And mm -hmm. obviously the SEAL Team from Hawaii and we can't go wrong there. Um, and I actually just yesterday finished up a new to me author, uh, Ellie Masters, I think. It's also like a, like they're hostage special, like rescue specialists or something like that. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know what it is about protector books, but I love everything about them. You are truly an action girl. Like you are like action, action. Yes. I love it. I love it. Um, does music help you write? And if so, do you make playlists for your book? It's like the rom-com thing. I really wish I could. <laughs> I've tried and it just doesn't work. I li If I listen to music, it has to be like 
spa music, like something with no words, because mm-hmm. the distraction thing. But I'm always jealous of the, the playlist people. Maybe mm-hmm. one day. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> if one of your books became a movie, who would you want to be the leads? No. Any one of your books. I think the for Redemption, the first one, I mm. always pictured in my head um, Jessica Alba. Mm, I can see that. Mm. Her, yeah. Um, as for the guy, not, I don't really, like the second book, I pictured the cover model guy because I saw that picture and I was like, oh, you're so pretty. <laughs> you. <laughs> but no, I, yeah, I haven't been out to a movie in a long time. So any handsome dude will work, right? Any handsome dude? <laughs> Handsome dude, handsome dude that looks like he can blow up stuff. Exactly. <laughs> um, where do you see like romance novels and and going in like the next decade? What would you like to see happen in the genre in the next decade? I would like to see. Gosh, I just like to see more diversity. Hmm. Like one of the reasons I have men on my covers, aside from Fabulous Manchester, is it's hard to find women of color in stock photos. Yes. Especially if you're trying to do a couple. Oh my God. Oh, that yes. Possible. You know, possible. it's really, really hard. Um, so I would just like to see more diversity and just more inclusion. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a pretty like cliche answer. Um, but that's that is what I would like to see. What do you think the impact of indie authors is going to be on on romance and the genre um, moving forward? Because I mean, I definitely see see it just going up, 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 up. Um, but what do you think is going to happen, particularly with the indie space in the next few years? With the indie space, I think one thing that's really interesting um, is you like I feel like dark romance in the indie space is huge, right? Because I think a lot of traditional publishers shy away from that dark of a romance. Yeah, taboo stuff, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, but that's so popular. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that maybe because of that in the indie world, it'll kind of push it into the traditional world, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe like darker imprints or something like that within the traditional space. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. All these change. I mean, it's so different from like even 2005, right? Mm-hmm. so who knows yeah what is the number one uh a piece of advice you have for somebody who wants to take the plunge into the indie author space I think that I think that it's you should do it but you should do your homework first because once you put something out that's your brand right and to if you do it wrong, like you do it with the wrong cover or you do it just not, if you don't do it professionally, it's going to be hard to come back from that, you know? Um, so do it. Don't be afraid to do it because it's a scary, scary thing, but just do it. But make sure you do your homework and you do it right for however that is for you, you know? Like get your covers on point, get your editor, make sure you get an editor. Yes, yes, yes. Editing, editing, editing. Yes. Please edit. Edit, edit, edit. Because guess what? 
You can still, I'm traditionally public, you can still find stuff that you forgot. Oh, no. <laughs> so, you know, edit, 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 a good editor. Yes. And so when it's all said and done, and you've written like 400 books, and one of these books becomes a movie, because I already see it. When, what do you want people to say about the, the, the books that you've written? You know, a lot, like, a lot of my books are about, you know, your past shaping you, but not having to define you, right? And I hope people will be like, they get, I don't know, they can relate to it somehow. And, you know, maybe say, you know, this person can do it, can rise above and just keep going that and, and find some like comfort in it, I suppose, or diversion even, you know, anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's really nice. Mm, that is nice but thank you so much Christina for coming on to the podcast it's been a joy to talk to you and learn all about your books and I hope more people get into you and your work so where can we uh, find your works and where can we find you on social media so my books are exclusive on Amazon um, and in Kindle Unlimited and Mm -hmm. I Oh gosh, I'm on Instagram. I think it. Oh, see, I don't even know what it is. I think it's Christina Soul <laughs> author. <laughs> I have a website, ChristinaSoul.com. It has the links to all the other stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah, just, it's on Facebook. Yeah, just send people to the website. We can't remember website. that stuff. Christina we can't Soul. remember. <laughs> yes, we can't remember it. But thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was amazing and so good to get to know you. And I, you have a fan in me for real, because like I said, I love spice and suspense <laughs> intrigue. So the next book, you said Sleeping with the Enemy. Oh, that's going straight on my Kindle immediately. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. I want to thank my guest, Christina Soul, for coming on to the podcast. You can find all of her links to social media and where to purchase her books on her website, Christina Soul, that's S-O-L dot com. I thank you for joining us here at Romance and Color. Once again, I'm Tati Richardson, and you can find out more about Romance and Color on our social media. Our Instagram handle is Romance in Color, that's color with a U. Our Twitter is romance, the letter N, and color with a U. And um, all of our social media and links and links to uh, our episodes will also be there. And if you want to find out more about me, you can go to my website, TatianaRichardson.com, where you can find out more about my debut novel, The Build Up, which comes out on March 28th with Karina Press. Anyway, you guys take care, and I'll see you all next week. God bless.